Samantha Dam with Redefining Caregiving. Thanks for joining me today. Um, I was looking over some research. Uh, I was just getting my copy of my book ready for print. It's so exciting. It's so exciting to see it come together. It's been so long. I've been talking about my book for so long. It's been one of those projects that with COVID and all these setbacks and me moving and everything, uh, really took a transformation into so many different directions I never would have expected. Kind of like caregiving can do for you. And every time I read the four, the introduction to my book, I still, even if I read it fast, I get to the point, I'll start crying. And the reason I cry is always because I always I tend to forget how painful that period of my life was. And I feel like the tears have shifted from tears of um, I don't know, sadness before to more, and then it evolved to set tears of um, more just sort of glad it's done and it's, it's written and I can move forward. And then it would be like, oh, you need to change all these other things. And I refined it so many times to where it's pretty condensed and it's pretty accurate. There's not a lot of fluff in there, but you get a lot of information. And the story at the beginning is what happened with my mom and I, and it's pretty shocking. Most people wouldn't believe it really happened. That's just a really quick version of what happened. But, um, you know, the, the tears turned to then more like, wow, what? I had no idea that caregiving, you know, I really had more choices than I thought I had at the time. I felt I was stuck. I had no choice. And in fact, like 43% of or 45% of caregivers feel like the tasks that they're doing right now, the ones that have to do with um, personal care, that they feel like they've been imposed upon them. They don't feel like they have a choice. And the reason why they don't feel like that is because no one else can do it. No one else will do it. And insurance won't pay for it most of the time if they have insurance. Uh, like 12% report they're pressured to perform the tasks by the care receiver. So they'll put, they'll put the guilt trip on it or they'll say, hey, I don't want someone, some stranger doing that for me. So they put the pressure on them. And this is my, this is the whole reason I wrote my book, really. It was to, it was to do a big old backup, a whole reboot of, I called it redefining caregiving because um, it was just, it's exactly what I want to do. I want to redefine what caregiving really needs to be for the new caregiver of our time today. Because it's about time we adopted some different ideas around who's supposed to be caring and what we should accept as females, especially taking on at least 75% of the caregiving in, the, in, our, in America, um, probably around the world it's even more. But here we are, I've, I've even read that 83%, which is in my book, 83% of um, our women who are in sing raising single, you know, as a single mom, raising kids as they're caring for. Now these are sandwich caregivers, but I don't think that's true. I think what I what I read was 83% of um, single parent homes are mothers raising their kids, which is huge. I mean, and then like I was a sandwich caregiver. I'm not sure what the statistics are. I could look that up, but to be straddled with just being a single parent is overwhelming for us women it's just like you feel like you're never doing enough just with your own kids let alone oh my god now i have another person to care for who can't take care of themselves at all and they're already established in their ways and they need care i don't even know how to provide i've never been trained so you know you do feel stuck and especially if you don't have anyone to help you out but my book will inspire you i guarantee you if nothing else 
what I want to do with my course is to teach you that you have far more choices than you think you do because we have so much as far as when it comes to choices we just don't see them we don't look for them and then when we do think we might have a choice we scurry back into our comfort zone and like and our obligation and all the old patterns of thinking that we have to do things a certain way when we do not have to do things a certain way it really comes down to your choices now you have a choice to say hmm I don't have any choices that's still a choice like you have a choice to say I don't have any choices but that is just not that's not a true statement it just means you're choosing to say I don't have any choices now at the time when I was told I needed to take care of my mom I was basically already at a point where my mom had been uh, living with my aunt and she was across the country and I felt obligation to go take her and bring her back to Oregon for some reason and because also I felt obligated to my kids that was their Nana and even though she was completely uh, dementia had dementia so bad she couldn't even remember um, short-term memory was just shot um, I still felt like she needed to be with us and so I just took it upon myself grabbed the kids went on a train picked her up and brought her back now that was a choice but at the time I thought no it's not a choice it's my mom I have to do this it's what we're supposed to do um, no no I think differently now it's been eight it's been over 18 years and I know for a fact that that's not true and maybe you're where I was at you know when I felt like I didn't have a choice and maybe for the day you don't maybe for tomorrow you don't but you have choices that change every single day you're you're presented with new opportunities you can uh, put yourself out there and, and get more information and you can be open-minded but it's not really like people are just going to start doing that like think okay I have choices what are they <laughs> it's not it's not how it works with choices you really kind of have to want to go be open-minded you have to have a mindset that's not set you have to have a mind that's open and when you're trying to control your environment and everything the hardest thing to do is to be open-minded because you want to have control which is actually mindset that's when your mind is set you're not going to change you know you have to get this work done people need to function and you're just working at this high state of productivity and you're not going to be open-minded which is the worst thing you can do because all of the solutions other people will come up to you with you they'll come to you and say hey you could try this maybe that you're going to be so close-minded and rigid if you're like me especially a perfectionist at the time more than I am now um I was like you don't know anything about me why are you telling me what to do and they were just trying to help they just were trying to help they were giving me excellent advice but I didn't know it at the time so why do I tell you all this I'm telling you this because I just finished my book <laughs> and the book the statistics are so high that we are we are really it's not right that so many people feel stuck in caregiving I'm not saying that some people aren't stuck for the time being or for a short time or even for a long time they might be stuck but it's the way you see it like I'm stuck really how stuck are you you're taking care of someone every day 24 7 is it really 24 7 do they sleep during that time or you sleep too yes then it's not let's just see it for what it really is it's not 24 7 that you're with somebody and when they wake up do you have some time to go to the bathroom and eat your breakfast while they're resting or watching a movie yeah so what I'm trying to get you to see is that don't make it worse than it is by saying and using words like I'm stuck I have no choice you know the select other words that will empower you so the mind needs to be mind flow instead of mindset 
So if we can develop a mind flow, we can receive information and we can still stay in control and we can still guide our path and do what we need to do, but don't be so rigid. And I'm going to do my next podcast on um, what I think is the most important reason why I wrote my book. And that was that about the fact that um, we need to be very aware that our workload and our loved ones needing care or help isn't the reason or, or the cause, the main cause for burnout. It's not. It's not the main cause. What it comes down to with anything, whether you are a Holocaust survivor, a prisoner of war, these are extreme cases, but some caregiving can feel just like being a prisoner of war. It can. It can feel just terrible, especially if you're with somebody who is very mean to you when you're caring for them, you're on a budget, you're poor. There's so many terrible situations that you could feel like you're in. But the only way out of those situations is only through your mindset, your mind, and your mind flow. Like how are you conditioned to think, right? Uh, there's proof all over. Everywhere you read, the people who succeed in those situations that are horrendous, if they are in fact horrendous, the ones who were in those situations, they always had a couple things that they said they did that they did every single day. One was they never gave up hope. And they number two, always, they never gave up hope. They looked forward to what was going to be better after all this. What was going to come from it? And there's a few other things that they had in their mindset that were so empowering. It got them through the most horrific events. And so when you're faced, even if you are with the situation as care, with caregiving, like I was, the only reason we made it through was because we had faith in God. We had love for each other. We could have done a much better job. I could have done such a better job if I knew what I know now, which is why I want you to hear this so you can get some help. The book is going to be, it's a pretty simple, straightforward read, but it's really going to help you get focused from the start. And what it does is it has a list of questions right from the start. And when you get told you're going to be a caregiver right from the start, you need to know what to do right then and there. When you get handed the baton, and it either hits you upside the head because someone throws it at you or because you hand or handed the baton gracefully. You do what with the baton? How do you turn? Where do you go? What position are you in to receive it? Are you ready for this? And where are you going to run? Do you even know what's ahead? These are the questions that are in the first part of the book. And then there's this, another chapter or part of the decision process making for becoming in coming into your caregiver journey where you actually then ask questions about yourself, which we don't do. We don't, we aren't trained that we can even consider who we are, what we think, or, you know, caregivers are just ignored and neglected and taken advantage of a lot of the time. But that's a, that doesn't have to be the case. That doesn't have to be the case. When we set healthy boundaries, we choose how we're treated. We don't have to receive any of that. It sounds simple and it really isn't that hard to set boundaries. What it is is our brain has been programmed for years by society, by our, for our friends and family in the past who have trained us to be caregivers based on how they were caregivers, but it never worked. It hasn't worked. Look at the statistics of burnout. For years and years, women have been the caregivers, losing their lives as caregivers, literally losing everything that makes up their life. To the point of depression and suicide. Now that sounds terribly sad 
I know it sounds very depressing, but <laughs> hence the life of a caregiver. It can feel that way. Um, so 75% of all caregivers are female. That's what they say here on this one report. And I'm like, that was 2016. What about now? What about now? So many people got sick and so many people are needing care. And so many people are losing their homes and their jobs. So it's about time we tried a new way of thinking, don't you think? I think it's a good idea. I think that it's a good idea because I did see how when I did that, it worked for me. And I've done it with families. I've, I've talked with families about it. And when they turn their whole mindset and their thinking into a flow state where they were able to practice the steps that I showed them and including themselves in the care by basically getting to know how they feel about it and then making boundaries and setting up a plan so they don't have to do the things they hate and they can delegate where they can. And what if they can't delegate because they don't know anybody or have help, they can be a asking magnet, a help magnet, someone who draws help to you. I can teach you how to draw help to you easily. But everyone who does this has to be willing to be open-minded, take a step back, be willing to loosen up the reins enough to where you aren't being pulled in any direction and then learn a new way to hold on to the reins. And that's what I want to do for caregivers. I got on here kind of talking about choices and we always have a choice in how we respond to everything. We even have a choice if we get to the point where we respond in a way that we don't feel we have control over because we've allowed circumstances to get the best of us. And we're all human, you know. Um, I can't say that I haven't done this the whole time. That's why I learned. I've done th this throughout my whole life. But now I look back and I still even see today that when you set healthy boundaries, you don't feel so obligated to people please. You don't have to be the caregiver everyone else thinks you need to be. You do what you can. And if no one else wants to help, they are not going to be in a position to criticize and you should not care what they think. You really need to stop caring what people about what people think. You just need to do the best you can. And there's another whole dimension to caregiving that makes it easier. There's a few. And that's the stuff that I can personally train you on. And that here's some examples. You can learn some ways to uh, incorporate care, giving to someone that you care about in a way where you're included in it and it doesn't feel like caregiving. Um, a lot of it's just the way we think about caregiving. Like we think we're supposed to be doing something else when we don't know how long care is going to last. Sometimes it lasts for five years. Sometimes it lasts for a year. But when we get handed that baton, do we freak out and go, oh my God. And, and you already just start hyping up the whole thought process of caregiving. Or do you, we don't do that with everything else. We don't, oh man, I got a new job and you get all stressed out and freaked out. We, we usually, when something changes, we kind of get curious, but for some reason, there's just so much negativity around caregiving. And, and it just makes us go into it already with this mindset, like, this is, this is going to suck. This is going to be terrible. I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to lose everything. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, well, if you go into anything with that attitude or belief, you're going to probably follow right along in those, down that path. And so I can teach you where to start. I can teach you. I know exactly what to do. I'm not a know-it-all. I'm just very, very well practiced in this area. Number one, I'm, I've got this thing in my chart, my birth chart, and maybe you don't believe in birth charts or anything like that, but I've got what's called a Virgo stellium. 
And I never knew what that was. A Virgo is sort of one, a person who's very, very conscious about how they do things. They're perfectionists. They're very hard on themselves. And um, so I have always had that. And the more you know about yourself, the better it is to figure out where you make your mistakes and what you can do in the future. So that's why I use this. Um, but the other thing is I'm a Leo, a sun, and then I'm also Cancer Moon and Aries ascending. And those three things mean <laughs> I'm a leader, I'm cheerful, I'm giving, I'm super, super caring about my family. And Cancer in sun means I adore family. It is the most important thing to me and always will be. And Aries is all about energy and war and change and fighting and, you know, for justice and all that. So if you get, now you get a well-rounded kind of picture of where I'm coming from. So when you, you hear the passion, <laughs> I try to tone it down a little bit, <laughs> but it's there. And that Virgo saying, yeah, you know, you really weren't doing a good job there. You probably should change this or that. But I'm not second guessing myself anymore because all of those things are just characteristics. The bottom line is my mind. How am I using the knowledge that I have? And uh, right now, I just want to really help caregivers because the caregiver crisis is on its way. And I talk about it in the book a little bit. You can look it up, the caregiver crisis. You'll find out by the year 2030, there's going to be more people caring for older people in the home than children. And I'm sure by 2025 is when it will really start getting bad because the baby boomers are going to be um, retiring and their parents are going to need care at the same time they need care. So if we don't get a better attitude about caregiving and the government doesn't start helping, which I, I doubt very much they will because caregiving means you give something to someone and it's care. How can the government help you with that? The government, you know what govern means? Govern means to control. It, govern, look it up. It means control. It means manipulate. Sovereign authority. So is that what you want? You want to rely on the government who only sees you as someone they can control? They don't give away stuff for free. I got audited during COVID. Seriously. I'm like, it's COVID and you're auditing me via online. I don't even get to go into the place and explain things. It was just um, very stressful. And I thought this is, this is the IRS. This is the government. And I'm not anti-government, but I definitely am anti being controlled and manipulated. So I know we actually allowed that to happen. And that's a whole nother podcast, not even for probably appropriate for caregiving, but still a lot of caregivers do think the government should help them out. To be honest with you, I don't want that kind of help. I don't, I don't want that kind of help. My mom's on Medicaid and she's, um, they control everything so much. Like if I were to buy a house with her for her, basically so she could live in a home with me, have the best care ever, they would say, mm, no, she can't be on Medicaid because then if so, if so the house would get the house. I'm like, okay, that's not going to happen. No. Not going to have her on Medicaid if we ever buy a house. So there's a lot of things the government does that you learn over the years and you realize they don't, they're not interested in you. They're interested in other things. <laughs> so you need to have your own mindset where how can I, how can I do like they did in the old way, way back when we didn't have jobs and women were home and, and, uh, you know, I'm not all for women being home all the time because if we're living in a different world, we don't have to stay in our caves. But I do believe that the women are just naturally the best nurturers. But when we are forced to work because our husbands aren't working or our men in lives are not doing what they should be doing, when they're expecting us to do everything, I'm like, no, we can't be the caregivers and the nurturers and the breadwinners. We, we don't, why would we want to do it all? Men don't do it all. 
they know they have these boundaries set they say we're only going to go provide a paycheck or we're going to stay home while you work i mean they're pretty clear on what they want and it's either it's either authority in the home or it's um some of them are now getting to where they are partners in the home more but still it's a given a lot of times like you have this role i have that role and if it works together that's great those are choices i love that but you can just see an overall picture of how men feel about women when you see that high of a percentage of single mothers and you see that high of a percentage of care of um women still caring for the elderly even their parents are cared for by their wives it's crazy and it comes down to us women being strong enough to put our foot forward and stop being walked on and stop being used if you're in a home and you have everyone living there you can make changes and say hey we're not getting dinner tonight unless everyone helps me with grandma okay that's it and then you, here's where the hard part comes in easy to say that it's easy to say that when you're in a bad mood or you're just irritated but what do you do when they come up and bring you flowers and show you oh i appreciate your work so much then you soften up and go okay i'll make you dinner yeah they know how to work it so you need to know that the bottom line is you have a choice I'm going to keep telling you that. You need to believe it. You have choices all over the place. I mean, maybe you're in a situation where you feel like you can't leave your house or you're taking care of someone and you can't really leave. That's okay. That's fine. That's maybe not a choice at the time, but you have a choice in how you handle it. Like I said, you have a choice in whether it, um, you're going to see it as an experiment of fun time with that person or to nurture them into a state where they feel better and, you know, we don't always get these opportunities, but they always, if they're painful especially, they always shape us into some other type of being. And we should want to know what that is and what we can do about keeping it a good being because it's our being that we will be with for the rest of our lives. Okay, so I'm going to cut this now because I think 22 minutes, probably the longest podcast I've ever made. Anyway, very excited about my book coming out very soon. It will be in the hands of people and I hope it helps. But mostly, I just want you guys to be encouraged that I'm here for you. If you ever want to just call me, um, get on my, um, just message me and I will get in touch with you because I really would love to do some one-on-ones more than I am where I can take someone's situation like yours and just kind of walk you through. Um, I'm sure that I can help you. I'm sure there's, that I've never met anyone I could not help get into a better state and function better. It's just something I love doing. So, okay, you guys take care and don't forget, include yourself in the choices that you make every day with caregiving. That's how you can show yourself care and maintenance and love. And everyone's watching you. They're all watching you. All your kids and everyone around is watching you. Whether you think it or not, they're watching you. They may not be judging you. They're just watching you. And sometimes they don't even know they are. But you can be good at taking care of yourself. Okay, I'll let you go. Bye for now.